You're listening to Comedy Central. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be here. This yeah? is the last thing I'm doing. This is your last press for the book, yes. like ever. Yes. This is a good day. I don't want to talk about it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have been on a whirlwind with this book, though, because yeah. I mean, like, you, you, you're ending it here, but I mean, it kicked off in a place few authors dream of their book ever kicking off, and that was with Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. I remember Oprah, like, made a video, and she was like, guys, my book club is coming back. Right. And people were like, oh, what's the book? Right. And she was like, Tanahasi Coates, right. The Water Dancer. And, right. I mean, it's, it's just blown up. Like, from... How did that even come about, you and Oprah and the book? How did that come about? Um, well, as I've said now several times, um, not that I mind saying it here again. <laughs> no, <laughs> tell us how you hate to be here, Tanahasi. <laughs> Tell all these people how you hate them for me. <laughs> Very happy to be here. Um, so I worked on this for a long time. Um, right. So I worked on it for, um, actually it took about 10 years from, you know, we both had the same editor. And when right. I finished my first book, Chris Jackson, he said, you should try a novel. And it finally got done. And it's the funniest thing because when it was done, you, you never know who is going to be touched or moved by That's what true. you're writing. Right. Because it was never like, oh, this clearly is a book, you know, that Oprah Winfrey would be very interested in. And then, um, I don't even know how you do that. You know what I mean? But whatever that, that, it was... Can I tell you, that would be the most amount of hubris to have as a person. If you finish writing a book yes. and you're like, this is a book Oprah yes. Winfrey is going to write. Natural, <laughs> Oprah put, got it. You know? But no, and then um, I, I got a call, man. I, I was actually coming back uh, from vacation with my wife and I got a text message and the text message said from Chris, um, you have to be available at 1030. It's a very important call. And you it was know, Oprah Winfrey. It was Oprah Winfrey. And, and since then, it, it really has been a beautiful journey for not just the book, but yourself. Because, like, a lot of people know you as, as a writer who, who critiques and analyzes America, its yeah. history and its presence, and how the history has affected the presence and how people don't want to deal with that. But the novel is a completely different world for you. I mean, I mean obviously, you've written comics, but, right. but this is fiction right. that is in a very real place. You write about uh, the character in the book who has who lives in a world... And, and this is what, what really intrigues me about the book, is you don't refer to the people in the book as slaves. Yeah. This is when it's taking place, yeah. you know? Yeah. In and around slavery in America. But right. you, you're very selective about the words you use. Why don't you call the people slaves? And why don't you say they are slaves and as a slave? And you, you don't do that. Why? Well, uh, I, like, for African-Americans, um, particularly, there is... Um, and one day we'll have to talk about whether it's the same way with apartheid. But there, there is a popular notion in the mindset of what, what I now call enslavement was. You know? And so there's this idea of you know, rape 
chains, whips, you know, roots, you know, your name right, is totally right. like that. That's what people, and so what you have to do is like, you have to make it your own and you have to create a kind of image almost or a world. Like it's slavery, but it's your slavery, if that makes any sense. It's your rendition of it, um, your vision of it. I wanted something that did not um, exist. And so a strong part of that, man, is you know coming up with new ways to describe it. And so to get new ways to describe it, you need new words, you know? Interesting. Why do you, wh- why do you choose to place it in this time? I mean, you know, we live in a world where people might say, there's so many stories out yeah. there. You know, we, it feels like we always talk about slavery, but you chose to tell an extremely unique story yeah. in a very familiar world. Yeah, well, that, there's the big reason, the small reason. The small reason is the world that I was, you know, the period of, in American history I was most entranced by. Um, the larger reason is so much of our own culture actually comes out of that period indirectly or directly. So you think about, like, say, Gone with the Wind, right, which is, you know, what, I guess the most published, you know, novel in American history. Uh, you think about something like Birth of a Nation, which is responded to a period after that, but is rooted right. in that and sets the table for all of American film. You think about all of the Westerns that basically are sequels, you know, coming out of the Civil War. There's always some, you know, guy who fought for the Confederacy um, that, you know, ends up you know, out in the West trying to make good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just wanted to go to the source of it, man. You know what I mean? I wanted to try to tell it from my perspective, you know, and do it in, in a different way. What really surprised me about the book is I didn't know what to expect at all. You go, Tanahasi's going to write this book, yeah. and then you open the first few pages, and you're reading about this guy, Hiram, and you're like, wait, right. this is a story that seems to be about slavery, and it's like, no, it's not. It's a right. story of a people right. who are trying to achieve something, right. and he has these superpowers that he, he discovers. And, and what's really interesting is, is it's not just a flight of fancy. It's, it's a really powerful exploration into like what your superpower may right. be as a person. Right. You know, like right. how, how you talk about how people were freedom fighters and what they did right. during that time. Right. Why did you choose superpowers? Why did you choose, like, were you inspired by the world of, you know, you were writing on Black Panther, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Is is that part of it, or was it just you trying to create something completely different? No, honestly, it was the other way around. I mean, it, it is, I guess, to my great benefit that, like, I had 10 years to, to get it, you know what I mean? To yeah. basically learn to write a novel. You know, it's almost wrong to say I was working on it. I had 10 years to learn to write a novel, and this is the result of it. And so I actually started this, I mean, this book is older than Between the World and Me. It's older than We Were Eight Years in Power. It's older than The Case for Reparations. It's wow. definitely older than Black Panther and all, all of that stuff. So I had... All of that before I, I came to this. Um, you know, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. Harriet Tubman was like a superhero. She's from Maryland. You know, the way she was described, right, the things right. she did. And so it didn't feel like a leap to put that aspect in the book. It felt natural. Right. Know? Just to have like the Harriet Tubman vibe. Because in many ways she was, you know, like I, I like the way you've spoken about it before. We say it's like she was teleporting people in a way. Like yes. one minute they were here, the next thing yes, exactly. they were gone. Exactly. Out of slavery into exactly. a different world. Exactly. You've also done something really interesting here that I feel was purposeful. And that is you have centered the women in the mm. story. And you, you are one of the people who tackled your critics head on. Some people say, hey, Tanahasi, you're an amazing writer, mm-hmm. but I don't see you telling many of the stories in and around not mm-hmm. just women, but black women. Mm-hmm. For the black man, you speak mm-hmm. strong. Mm-hmm. Black women seem to be left out. In this book, though, mm-hmm. you have a lead character who has powers, mm-hmm. who's fighting for freedom, mm-hmm. who's fighting an injustice system, but the women around him seem to be part of the reason he can do what he does. Yeah, and I think, like, your responsibility is, 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 as a writer is to balance two impulses. Um, like I said, this book is older, so all of the characters in this book are actually older mm-hmm. than, you know, like, uh, whatever. I mean, it was nonfiction, but, right, you know, right, but right, the yeah. conception of, of Between the World and Me. Um, you have to, on the one hand, like, legitimately hear your critics and actually listen 
and then at the same time, like, be strong in what your, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, following you your vision. To do, yeah. You know what I mean? Because you can never just, you know, write for a crowd. But the crowd is not wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, you gotta, like, you gotta find some sort of way to be yourself and be the writer that you mm-hmm. need to be um, without demonizing people that may not see, you know, things the way you, you, you see it. Right, right, right. You know? Um, do you think this book might make it easier for some people to delve into the conversations in and around slavery because it exists in a fantastical world. You know, sometimes people mm. can't deal with nonfiction because they're like, oh, I, this, blah, blah, blah. Whereas when it's, you know, when it's in a fantastical world, yeah. there's this element of like, oh, yeah. that story was great yeah, and yeah, that hero yeah, yeah, yeah. was... Do you think there's a part of that that, that you hope would, it would achieve? I do. I mean, I, I think, like, you take something like The Wire, right? The politics of David Simon are quite clear. He's made them quite clear. Mm-hmm. But there are people who do not share his politics who love The Wire. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know what effect that actually has on actual politics. You know what I mean? So I don't know. You know, there are probably people who could probably read this book. They probably would not agree with me on reparations and all sorts of, you know, other things. But, you know, when things are in the form of a story, people just, they just take it differently, you know? Let me ask you one thing before I let you go and, and rest. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, because I know, I know how strenuous yes, a book yes. tour can be. I got a whole um, waiting for me. Yeah, there. man. Um, <laughs> I do want to know this. You know, you, yes, you, you wrote the book. You still write. You still yes. ponder. You, you're still out there in the yeah. zeitgeist. One of the articles you wrote mm-hmm. has, has drawn a lot of attention. Obviously, criticism, backlash, support, mm-hmm. all of the above. Mm-hmm. And you wrote about Colin Kaepernick. Mm. Fascinating article about the cancellation of Colin Kaepernick and cancel culture as a whole. One of the most beautiful sections, and I'll paraphrase you, forgive me, is mm-hmm. where you talk about how people like to make it seem like cancel culture mm-hmm. is a tool that is only being used today <laughs> yeah. by liberal students and, right. you know, the snowflake left, et cetera. Right. But you say cancel culture has for long been wielded by those who control the levers yeah. of power. I mean, one of the earliest acts in, you know, proto-American history is like, the killing of women up at Salem because they looked at somebody wrong or some, you know, some other, you know, right. the Salem witch trials. I mean, and this goes through all of our history, you know, the gag rule during the period of enslavement, you know, uh, the blacklist, uh, reconstruction, you know, up, up, up to this very day, you know, where Trump, you know, routinely writes people off, you know, for all sorts of, you know, uh, uh, minor leagues. And yet, when we see, you know, some kids or some college student, you know, some college students, you know, whatever, get mad about something. Like, suddenly, that, that, that's history's greatest enemy. Right. You know? Now, they've um, gone too far. Right, 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 right. I mean, in the case of Colin Kaepernick, I mean, listen, you had a president of the United States who used, basically, the authority, you know, and, the, you know, the majesty of the state to threaten the NFL into keeping this guy out of earning a living that he had been training for since he was a kid. I mean, what more effective and devastating act of cancellation can you come with? That don't match anything that, you know, some kids in a, in a, in a cafeteria somewhere, you know, or on a quad who don't like Milo, you know, have done. Mm-hmm. And yet we find ourselves, you know, focusing on that. You know what I mean? And I, you know, as I you know, argue in the piece, I think that has a lot more to do with um, uh, who is doing the canceling than it does with, you know, what we think about canceling. Oh, that's interesting. People get canceled all the time. And some people should be canceled, by the way, you know? But who is canceling can affect how we see the canceling. That's it. That's it. That's My friend, it. thank you so much for coming back onto the show. Thank you, Charlie. I Thanks hope you so rest. Much. I hope you chill. I hope nobody <laughs> asks you about this book ever again. I want to hear about it. <laughs> ever again. <laughs> Buy the book, read the book, but don't ask them about the book. The Water Dancer is available now. Tanahasi Coast, everybody.
The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game, headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy.